Hey team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt Drinkon here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to give back and support the Eternal Optimist community, go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. Greetings, friends, and welcome to yet another episode of the Eternal Optimist Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Drinkon, and let's get off the bench and get into the offense of life. Let's play offense in a positive direction, in the direction that gets you closer to your dreams, in the direction that helps inspire the world, help other people, you name it. The Eternal Optimist is the person who is working on themselves in the way that they show up in the world, the way that we can impact the world. And today, the guest is an amazing person who has a great impact on the world already. And just watch, watch where this goes. Mr. Justin Donald has been called by Entrepreneur Magazine, the Warren Buffett of lifestyle investing. He's a master of low risk cash flow investing, specializing in simplifying complex financial strategies, structuring deals, and disciplined investment systems that consistently produce profitable results. His ethos is to create wealth without creating a job. This bio, by the way, friends, this is reading this is inspiring. I'm not going to read all of it because there are way too many accomplishments this could take all day. Justin, literally in a span of 21 months before his 37th birthday, his investments drove enough passive income for both he and his wife, Jennifer, to leave their jobs. You know, in that time period alone, he negotiated deals with over 100 companies, multiplied his net worth to over eight figures, and maintained a family-centric lifestyle, all in less than two years. And then, Two years later, he doubled his net worth again. And now he consults and advises entrepreneurs, executives, and successful media personalities on lifestyle investing. He's appeared on nearly 100 podcasts, including Entrepreneurs on Fire, The Mike Dillard Show, uh, and The Eternal Optimist Podcast. Ding, ding, ding. Justin is someone that I've known for a number of years. He's a close personal friend. He is a peer. He is a mentor. He is my financial coach as I've joined one of his mastermind groups, The Tribe of Investors. He's a front row dad. In his 20s, he worked with Cutco and Vector and became quickly one of the top managers in the company and one of the youngest to achieve Hall of Fame status. His personal playbook of best practices was deployed nationwide as a training program to onboard sales representatives. I can personally attest to this because I studied it and memorized it over 20 years ago when I was in that business. Justin has invested heavily in real estate, known several profitable real estate businesses, a large portfolio of multifamily rentals, Orange Theory Fitness franchises, and many other successful operating companies. He's a member of Tiger 21 and a board member of the Front Row Foundation International. He and his wife, Jennifer, contribute to various causes privately and through their church, fighting cancer, building clean water wells in third world countries, and other humanitarian efforts. One more thing that I can say about Justin is that he wrote a book called The Lifestyle Investor. It is a fantastic book. As soon as it launched, it rose to number one on the Wall Street bestseller list. 
the USA Today bestseller list, and it was number eight on all of Amazon.com. Justin is amazing. He's a person that he speaks from the heart, he's calculated and strategic, and he cares immensely about serving other people. When you hear him speak, take note, my friends, this is a person who's figured out how to be successful in life in so many fronts, and he is so open in sharing with other people. So friends, buckle up as you get to hear from my good friend, Mr. Justin Donald. Hello, and welcome to the Eternal Optimist Podcast, the show for optimists by optimists. This is the show for people who see the good in the world and want to make a positive difference in the lives of their families and communities. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories that will get you thinking bigger and playing more offense in life. With your host and high-performance coach, Matt Drinkon. And with that, my friends, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast today to a special guest, a dear friend, a mentor, and a friend, and someone who sometimes, sometimes looks down on me in the volleyball court, so I stay away from the volleyball court with this man. But as a financial person, as a dad, and it's just a hell of a human being, it is my sincere pleasure to introduce you to a man who needs no introduction. His name is Mr. Justin Donald. Justin, greetings, my friend. Thank you, Matt. What a kind intro. I apologize if I was ever a little too hardcore on the volleyball court. I know (laughs) the same exists on the golf course. So, you know, I know I got to be very careful with you since your game is so much more elevated than pretty much anyone I know. Oh, I love it. You always take the high road in the conversation. I appreciate that. Thank you for the compliment on the golf. And it's it's not that bad. It's just when when we're playing volleyball and there's like everyone's getting picked. And you're kind of over there and they say, you know, let's put Justin and Jeff on different sides. You've got to be with Matt over there. And that look on your eyes is like, okay, it, it wasn't an optimistic look, but we're here at the Eternal Optimist Podcast. So let's, let's go that I think that it was very here. optimistic. I think we did some damage. I think I, I was bummed that I was trying to be teamed up with, with someone and we had made all these plans to do it. And they're like, we're splitting you guys up. But I think we did a great work. I've certainly enjoyed the time we've had together. And I'd love to dive right in, Justin. You're someone that type in your name into Google and they'll find all kinds of great stuff about you. What what is something that we would not know about you if you know we Googled you or, or read your book? What's just something unique about you that we can share with the audience today? Well, I don't know if we should get into something, you know, comical or serious, but I mean, one thing that hardly anyone knows about me except for my good friends is that I can literally put my legs behind my head. I have crazy, when I was younger, I had some pretty amazing flexibility. I don't think I have the same level of flexibility today, but I can still put my legs behind my head. So that's something most people don't know about. Probably not the answer you were looking for, but you know, I thought I'd get this thing started off with a bang. Wow, that is amazing. And that is something that uh, if you want to develop your golf skill, with that kind of flexibility, we could probably do some things. So I'll, I'll see you after the show to practice that. Um, we are here, Justin, to to help inspire and show others that there is hope that they can do it too. And you know, every time that I interview someone on the podcast who's successful, some people have this notion that success is they've always been that way. Oh, it's easy for them, you know. And I'd love to dive into some of the challenges that you've overcome in your world. And I'd love to go back a little bit in time and and start wherever you'd like to. Let's just say in the first half of your life so far. What's something that was really hard for you, Justin, that you've had to overcome? Well, I can tell you that people are not born 
successful. They don't come out of the womb successful, right? It's something that they figure out along the way. And we can all define success differently. But I think some of the greatest character development comes from you know, the, the failures of life or the falling short or the unfortunate circumstance, if you can have a strong enough mindset around, you know, what's the gift in this reality. So, you know, I've had, I've had many, you know, seasons of this from being too scared to try out for the, you know, the, the all-star team back when I was playing baseball as a, as a young kid, just this fear of rejection that I wouldn't even try out, even though I was really good. And in my head, I'm like, I think I could probably make it. I, you know, always had one of the higher batting averages on, on my teams, but just that fear of rejection was dehabilitating. And so I, there were so many times I never took the step. I never took the leap. I would watch my friends play, you know, in, in these games and, you know, always wondered what would have been, you know, I I've had experiences as an investor. I mean, the first home I bought was really, truly a catastrophe. I bought it right during like the housing crisis, but it was right before it. So it was at the peak of the market. So I basically paid as much as you could pay to, you know, per square foot to live in this cool home in, in Lincoln Park in the Chicago area, a really cool part of the city, only to have the market come crashing down. And the uh, there's so much I didn't know. I had insurance, but somehow insurance didn't cover a roof leak. So one blamed it on the builder, the other blamed it on something specifically that wasn't captured in my insurance policy. So I had to like fix this home myself. I ended up taking out a home equity line. The market obviously tanked. I ended up moving for a work opportunity. Uh, this is back in, in the Cutco days. I had been promoted from a, a district manager to a division manager. And so I rented my house out, but it was hard to break even. So basically every month I was losing money, like I was kicking in money. I had friends that were living there and I felt bad kicking them out. And then I, you know, eventually they left. I got other renters. I tried to sell it. I couldn't sell it. When I finally sold it, I was upside down by like a hundred and I think it was like $160,000. So I had to come to the closing table and give $160,000 to get the deal done. I mean, just brutal. So that was my first experience with real estate. <laughs> People wonder wow. why, why did I keep doing it? But uh, I just, I, I just believe that if you copy people that have a pattern of success, you too can have that same pattern of success. Well, you've shared a lot of nuggets so far. Love, love to go back and look at this timeline and in, in youth, there may have been a debilitating fear of rejection that, that kept you from not trying and at some point from your youth to getting into your first business and then getting that home, it appears as though you either conquered that or you, you subdued it in some way because you took action and you were investing. Can you trace us back to a time when you confronted that, that fear of rejection and how you may have started to overcome that or at least made progress in overcoming that? Yeah, you know, I, I think that 
I saw enough missed opportunity that I just didn't want that to hold me back anymore. So I think there's a real conscious effort around my best is good enough and let's just try, you know, I have very supportive parents that instilled that in me. And I also found that, you know, kind of having a lack of confidence wasn't good in a lot of different areas and being a salesperson, an entrepreneur in the dating scene. I mean, I used to be scared to even ask a girl out. There were so many, you know, girls over the course of years that I was like, oh, you know, if only I could have worked up the courage to ask her out. And, and that just, I feel like it cost me so many opportunities that there was just a point in time where I'm like, what do I have to lose? If I don't do it, it's a no by default. So I should at least try it. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. But some of the time it probably will work out like just by the law of numbers. And so that just gave me some confidence, probably working in Cutco and and building my confidence there, my skills, my ability, my comfort in speaking, really kind of getting into my own, just into my zone where I had this piece of being who I was and cracking jokes and just, you know, having a good time. I just had, I just felt like I could do it. I could go there and I didn't want the lost opportunity cost, the what might have been anymore. Feels like in those first Cutco days in that transformation you you got in the game you got in the business game i i don't know if i've ever asked you this before personally how and and when did you you meet your lovely wife i've i've heard about your family i've i don't know about the origin story was this part of that that phase of starting to gain that confidence you met and asked her out somehow well luckily i i had the confidence at this point in time it's actually kind of a funny <laughs> story so you know i i think that it's so funny. There are seasons in life. And I do think that so many things in life happen for a specific reason. And we can learn from those things. You know, when I tell people that I was a really shy kid, and everyone's like, what? What are you talking about? You know, but I was, I was self-conscious. And I had to learn to overcome that and to just not care what other people thought as much. Because the more I hung on to what other people thought of me, the more it held me back from doing the things I wanted to do, or even the things that I knew were right from like a peer pressure standpoint, right? Because I wanted people to like me. That was important. So developing these skills came in really handy for meeting my wife and having the confidence to be able to to show up in, in the way that I did. But I had a friend that lived in Austin, Texas, and my wife's best friend at the time moved to Austin, Texas. And those two women became really good friends. And they're like, you live in St. Louis, Justin, you know, at that time I lived in St. Louis, you have to meet. Now, my wife thinks it's really funny. She'll say, well, just because we live in the same place doesn't mean that that's like reason to meet, right? I need to know more than that. Like that's not a good enough reason, right? So she kind of pushed it off for a little bit. I'd heard from my friend for a little bit that, you know, I should meet her and we'd really get along. And so my friend said, okay, your wife, Jennifer, all she would, all she would give us permission to do is give you her email address. And I'm thinking, great. I've got to ask her out via email, but (laughs) it's a good thing. I had some Cutco skills because I used one of my, you know, little approaches that I learned. I said, I know you don't know me, but I'm friends with your friend, Ashley. And she thought it'd be great for me to reach out and see if you're free to get together 
for, you know, coffee or a lunch or something like that. And she responded and <laughs> it worked out. So it was really funny. We were both living on the main drag downtown in Washington. It's called Washington Avenue, downtown St. Louis. I lived at 10th and Washington. She was at 16th and Washington. And we met at the middle at 13th and Washington. So we just walked three blocks each, met at this place called Sidebar. And really the rest was history. We hit it off. It was just a great evening. You know, we followed up. And, and by the way, I should also say, I was at a point in my life where I was committed to finding the woman of my dreams. So not only did I write down everything that I wanted in my future spouse, I literally had it in my wallet. It was a teeny tiny piece of paper folded with like, you know, the, the 20 or 25 most important criteria for me. But I had also stopped dating anyone because I didn't want to be distracted. I didn't want to be emotionally torn or, you know, just, I just knew that the right person could walk right by me and I could be distracted in another relationship. So I hadn't dated anyone for seven months intentionally. And that was, that was some tough work too, to, to, you know, turn down opportunities, especially once I got clear, I knew when someone wasn't right, it, was very eye-opening when I had my criteria. And I, I talk about this with investment criteria too, right? I had my criteria for my wife. So when someone showed up that didn't have it, it was an easy no. Yeah. But I didn't have to spend, I didn't have to waste the time until I found Miss Wright. And, you know, the rest really is history. Wow. So many smiles for this story. And it, it, the listeners out there, if this isn't a plug for the skills you can learn as a Cutco representative, as a master linguist in typing emails, I don't know what is, this is the best example I've heard yet. Fantastic. You might add this to your biography, to the yeah. bio skill, master email. There's probably a course coming out. This That was, that was excep exceptional. The lifestyle <laughs> investor email course dates. Via Thanks email. for letting us in on that little personal nugget, Justin. Also, Let's go to now. If we kind of fast forward to the the second part, adulthood, you're you're married now, you are in this new phase of of your world, maybe you're in Cutco or, or near the end of Cutco time in the last decade of your life or so. What has been challenging or hard for you in the last decade? Well, I think anytime you have, you know, a transition or a breakup, you know, that can be difficult. My my time leaving Cutco you know, it was probably not as harmonious as I would have liked or anyone would have liked. You know, I had some different business relationships, some some business partnerships that didn't go great in that season of life. And that was, you know, really hard because these are friends. So it's it's tough when, you know, friendships are compromised over issues and situations that they really shouldn't be compromised over, you know, so, so yeah, I had, I had a couple of unique transitions and pivots that kind of got me to where I am today. But I also had these experiences that are now giving me the ability to teach others that I come into contact with that are dealing with these same issues, how to work through them and how to handle them and maybe how to be better equipped or set things up better on the onset. So, you know, there were certainly pros and cons inside of that season, way more pros than cons. But I do think that the, the negative stuff helps define who we are. I don't think you learn as well as when things go right. I think most of the learning 
comes from when things don't go right because it kind of forces you to reevaluate. You, you don't get to just keep coasting. You don't get to keep scaling. Like you have to adjust. You did something that didn't work and you've got to fix it. At least that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear the message you started with today, of the question of what's the gift that's coming out of this reality, you know, and how you intentionally said that there were more pros than cons. And you might have learned from the things that were cons at the time. Those, those are now pros, you know, so I love the way you frame that and always learning. When when I joined the Front Row Dads three and a half years ago, one of the big things that, that convinced me to go in was when I was talking to my buddy Matt King about it. And he said that from his Cutco days, he'd become you know, friends with you and shared that he'd learned some good things from you and that, that Justin's very giving of his time with people that are close to him. And he's just always giving. You know, He's someone that, that really wants to pour into people. So when, when you hear that, can you talk a little bit about your why or your vision and what's most important to you? Well, that, that's really kind. And I obviously think the world of, of Matt and we've had the privilege and gift of being able to work together as well. And I just think he's got an incredible family. You know, to me, relationships are life. And so my goal is to help people strengthen the most important relationships. So, you know, when I, when I look at where I've been and where I look, when I look at where other friends have been and people that I know have been, I think that you know, financially, that that often is the biggest struggle. Like that, the, the finances can create so much conflict in just personal life, business life, relationships. And so, I think when people can crack the code of how to solve that and truly buy their time back, so they can spend it how they want, they can spend it with who they want. They're not a slave to anything. They're not a slave to their business or a slave to their job or a slave to the corporate ladder or to security or, you know, routine, whatever it is. Like once you can kind of break free of, of the golden handcuffs or whatever handcuffs are, are kind of tying you down, I think that's really when the magic happens. And so I want to teach people how to live life intentionally and by design, not by default and not by autopilot. I want to help people buy assets that produce income because that's the shortcut to figuring out what you want. You can figure out what you want and where you want to go without having your financial life figured out, but it's harder and most people can't find the time and the space to do it. I think once you accomplish financial freedom, you have this clarity and, and it's a game changer. And it doesn't mean that you don't work. It doesn't mean that you're lazy. It means that you can shift your energy and focus into the things that matter most, whether it be what you believe your purpose is or what you know really fills, fulfills you the most with the most meaningful 10 to 12 relationships, whoever those are. I mean, I've read several books that basically say that it's, it's hard to have really deep, strong, healthy relationships with more than 12 people. And so I think most people don't even ever get to 12. Like, you know, most people have their really close inner circle of like two, three, four people. And then, you know, I just want to focus on, on, you know, for me, it is 12. Like I, I try to intentionally connect with 12 people 12, you know, groups of people, sometimes it's couples, right? Every year and kind of plan that out. But I think when you're making decisions that aren't out of the framework of finances first, you make better quality and healthier decisions overall. 
totally agree. And, and listeners out there should know that, you know, I subscribe to what Justin is, is saying right now. I am a part of one of his groups and I listen and am following the plan that he is laying out for me in this group. You know, it's called the tribe of investors. And, you know, some people may be ready to make that leap. Some people may not be there yet. Justin, what advice would you give to someone who isn't really sure how to get started, where to get started? They may have read your book. They may find out about you online, but they're just either scared or not knowing what to do next. Like I was not exactly certain what to do next. You know, where might they start? What advice will we have there? Yeah, I think the best place to start start is to find a, a like-minded community or group of people to really pour into and have pour into you. And, you know, and there are all different types of communities out there. There are some that are inexpensive. There are some that are expensive. You know, if, it, if, if it's a price prohibitive thing, then go create your own group. But the goal is to find people that are like you, like-minded at least, but you know, maybe have different skills, different experience, people that you can meet with on a regular basis every month, at least, maybe even more, ideally, at least a month, and that you're covering some of the major, you know, issues of life and kind of doing life together. So I think peer group matters. And I think mentors and coaches matter. And I think that to get to where you want to go, you really need to be intentional about finding people that have done it first to teach it and other people that are pursuing it that you can do so with. Now, if you can find people that play the game of life and business and finances and investing at a higher level than you, and then you just get proximity, you just get you know frequency and proximity with them, your life's going to change. I mean, there is, there's no like no doubt in the world, like it is a fact that you become like the people you spend the most time with. Well, can you walk us through your journey a little bit of how you came to be the lifestyle investor when you were seeking out your mentors or peer groups or people to learn from? How did you tackle that? And when did that, that journey really begin for you? Yeah, great question, Matt. Early on, I feel like I didn't have the, the mentors, the resources, the people, I didn't know where to find what it was that I wanted. You know, my parents are amazing parents, but neither of them kind of lived the life that I had dreamed of or had jobs that were exciting to me. I think my dad in his whole career sold either appliances or cars. And my mom worked at our church as a secretary. And I just felt like neither of those paths were for me. And then when I looked at my friends and their parents, none of them were really doing anything that I wanted to do. Like I didn't have any friends really that were entrepreneurs. I had one friend's dad that had a software company. So I learned some stuff there, but he was also really busy. And so, and a lot of it was over my head. And so at the beginning, when I didn't have people, I just picked up books and read them. You know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad early and all. I mean, I've read every one of Robert Kiyosaki's books. Cashflow Quadrant was a game changer for me. You know, I read Phil Knight's Nike story. I read, you know, like all these entrepreneurs, some of Richard Branson's work, some of like all the people that I admired, Warren Buffett. I mean, I just started uh, finding the mentors that didn't even know they were mentoring me 
until I could get into a community where I could find people to mentor me in person. Excellent. And you just hit a couple of books there that, that got me pretty fired up. Phil Knight's book. And then you mentioned Warren Buffett and, and Robert Kiyosaki. So thanks for mentioning those. When you finally got to a community of people that you could learn with, learn from, grow with, what may have been that first community? Is it the one we're in now? Is it the Lifestyle Investor? So, uh, Or was there steps? to get to that. Yeah, so there are definitely steps. So I've joined, so I've been part of a bunch of different investment communities. Tiger 21 is is one of the communities I'm still part of today. Most of the other communities, I feel like maybe weren't the right fit or I outgrew them or it was great for a season and then I was looking for something next. And I have done different masterminds, but I, I never really found like the home for me. Like I was looking for the smartest people the the best ideas amazing you know community and engagement and all this and i just never really found what i wanted so that's when i created my own you know with the hopes of building out to me what was lacking in all the other masterminds or investment groups or clubs that i had been part of and i i'm just so proud of and pleased with and impressed with the lifestyle investor community because it is that and and a derivative of that is the tribe of investors community and and these communities are just incredible because it's like-minded people but they're smart they've got expertise in all these different areas so collectively everyone is smarter you know it's it's funny people want to join these groups originally i think to get maybe a little more face time with me or to you know see some of my deal flow or whatever that might be i think what people end up finding out is wow what i actually wanted was access to this amazing community because the community is so much brighter than i am they're like you know exponentially sharper better and, and every deal that we do is is better because the group evaluating it picks it apart, especially those that have expertise in those areas. So it's a pretty cool thing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm humbled when I'm in, you know, these different communities and I sit there and like I lead it and then I set back and other people will share and I participate or will bring someone in. And I just think, gosh, I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I'm learning so much from all these other people. Well, you're certainly a great teacher and it's great to hear that the teacher himself is sitting back and learning. Uh, and that's a, a cornerstone of it. It goes back to the first statement. What's the gift and the reality of the moment? You know, what can I learn from this? And I guess what might be something that you're focused on learning right now, Justin? Well, I'm just curious in general. And I mean, I always have this desire to learn more. So whatever I don't know, I want to know. So I always want to, you know, get better at investing. I want to get better at parenting. You know, if you look over at my, you know, chair over here, I've got a couple parenting books. I've got an investment book. I've got my journal. I, I'm, I'm reading, I'm listening to a book on Audible, on leadership. And I just, my goal is to constantly get better in every area that I can. I think, you know, marriage and parenting and investing would probably be like one, two, three for me. I think that's like where if I don't have enough time to get better at everything, those are the areas I just want to continue to grow in. So 
Constant, never-ending improvement, always learning around marriage, around parenting, around investing. You shared the book you're listening to, reading. You talked about a journal. If someone were to open up your journal, and I'm not saying you need to read it to everyone at the moment, but if someone were to read it, what might they find? A format or a passage? You know, What might go into a Justin Donald journal on this journey of yours? You know, at different points of life, I've done it differently. The format that I like best is that there are no rules. I can write whatever I want to write. And so I just date it. I timestamp it. I put the location because I figure at some point it'd be cool to go back through and be like, hey, you know, where was I at this point when I wrote this message? So that's kind of cool. And then I just write about, you know, what's on my mind, what what I did yesterday, what, you know, what's going on? What are lessons that I'm learning? What are exciting experiences that are happening? What are decisions or big moves that I need to make? It's just really like what's on my mind, what's pressing at that time. Today's sponsor of the podcast is Take Action Now. No matter what it is, there's something in our minds for almost everyone I've ever met that they have this plan to do something and they're just waiting for the right time. Either they're waiting for all the steps to be thought of and the routine, the process to get figured out perfectly, or they don't know what to do next, or pick any number of things. You know, it could be, I want to write a book. I want to start a podcast. I want to lose weight. I want to go and mend a relationship with a loved one that's been at odds for a number of years. Take action now. What's the one simplest, soonest step that we might take that can help you get to that next level? Just take one step now. Take action now. Today's sponsor for the Eternal Optimist Podcast. I wonder for someone to lead such a, a high production organization, you know, where we're having impact all over the world. I wonder what might be a lesson you've learned recently or something you're working out in your mind right now that your mind is wrapped around, Justin. Well, I feel like I always have these deals that I'm trying to vet and figure out and and see if it's right. I've got a company that I've recently engaged to consult with, and I haven't done a lot of consulting for quite some time now, but I'm, I'm just excited about this company. And then we have so many people that um, I'm just in awe of in the different tribes and communities that I have the pleasure of, of, you know, running and being part of. I mean, I'm always just blown away with what people are doing. We had someone that I just met with that is an expert in renewable energy, and it was really cool hearing his ideas. And I'm blown away. You know, I... I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I just met someone recently in the insurance space that's doing this cool stuff with with insurance products that are just so high level and so game changing. Um, I mean, th- th- there's so many things. Like, I've got an ongoing, you know, running list on my computer of like things I need to learn, things that I want to do, people that I want to meet. Once again, going back to being proactive, you know, I've got my meetings that I said I do at least one meeting a week, generally two or three, like in person with someone that I don't know or someone that has an expertise that I want to learn from. And so I've got just a cool group lined up for the next number of weeks. I love your intention around everything you're sharing. It's like you've you've thought through this game of life. You're like a master chess strategist and you've got some some really important areas you're focused on. And if it's not in that purview, then you don't put the time and energy into it. You focus on what's important, it sounds. So let's imagine for a moment that, you know, God willing, 
we are here and we are, let's just say, 70 years old. And that might be 20 or 30 years in the future from now. And in 20 or 30 years in the future, you have done in your mind right now at this age what you feel is good or successful in marriage and parenting and investing. What might that look like down the road, Justin, in, let's say, 20 or 30 years? Oh, what a yeah, what a great question. This is fun. I see a daughter that, you know, I get to see flourish and blossom and kind of go her own way in the world, probably walking her down the aisle, which is cool, in a loving relationship with my wife, my best friend, traveling the world. I'm still going to be doing deals because I, I love investing and I love bringing my friends into the deals that I do. Like That's just fun because then we've got something common that we can share, that we can talk about, that we can experience you know, joy and other, other emotional, you know, just you get the rainbow or the, the myriad of all the different emotions that come with it. But I envision a lot of them going well and people celebrating and doing cool stuff together. You know, I, I envision doing my monthly band meetups with my bandmates that really strive to help each other become better dads and better husbands. I've got other friends that I'm meeting with regularly. That to me just sounds like life. Like to me, life is relationships. And I would want to know that I'm helping a lot of people get to a better place than they are today. You know, people have to do things on their own. But if I can assist in any way to give them some shortcuts or let them learn from lessons that I've had and mistakes that I've made, and help them in some way, shape, or form to, to have a better quality of life because of something I've been able to teach or share or someone I've introduced them to, that, that would be magical for me. Fantastic. I made some notes, and, and you almost made me tear up for a second there, thinking about daughter going down the aisle, because I'm pretty pretty stoic and stern most of the time when it comes to most things. Then when you start talking about daughters getting married, I, I feel like I'm going to turn into a big softy oh, and just yeah. start weeping like a baby. That one's going to be tough. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah. Well, so I'd say one thing that I always want to hit on whenever I have the uh, privilege of having a conversation with another front row dad might be, what impact is the front row dads having in your world? And why are they so important to you? Well, the front row dads really just keep me grounded. You know, I was just talking, I just hung out with John Roman yesterday, the founder, and we did this sauna cold plunge session um, circuit. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got it all built out at his place. So it was really fun. And we were just talking about life and where we're going. And I just love being around men that prioritize family before they prioritize business and, you know that they actually live it, that the calendar reflects that they pick family first and business second. Because I think that's the, you know, the, the people that value family the most, like that's where I want to spend time. I get great ideas from, from these men, but I also get accountability and people aren't afraid to speak into my life because we have given permission. We've got that relationship. So maybe if I'm coming up short, or there's a blind spot, I've got people that are willing to pour into me and share that in a loving way so that I actually receive it and change can happen. Um, and then I get to be able to do that for other men as well. So yeah, it's just a special group and it's people that have similar interests. It's a lot of entrepreneurs. And so there's so much that we can discuss there, but 
when that takes a backseat, that's the best, you know, and in most other places, the first question people ask is like, after what's your name? It's what do you do? And there it's like, what's your name? Tell me about your family, right? Like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are different events yeah. that I've left and I don't even know what the men do. And it's like, I don't even find out till later that they're maybe in a similar space or we could have talked so much about several different things. Like there are a bunch of dads that like we connected so well at such a deep level and I didn't even know what the heck they did for like a year or more. Yeah, same. I'm the same way. I went to the first couple of retreats and I still couldn't tell you who what Eric Van Horn did. Because we didn't talk about anything business related and then come to find out now he's another mentor of mine. You know, so it's it's amazing how you know we connect around the being parents and being spouses. And what a great yeah. role model he is. I mean, I love having him in my corner, not only as a business partner, but someone that we pour into each other's lives and we show up when the other person needs it. And you know, he's we're actually doing a, a another event together and he's coming out here soon, probably in the next five, I think five weeks. And so, yeah, it's wow. just, it's great having people that you can do life with that get it, that are on the same, have the same priorities, same values, similar interests. It's just incredible. Yeah. To throw a plug out there for Eric, I remember it was like a couple months ago now when that, you know, conflict started happening over there in the Ukraine. I remember almost instantaneously seeing that he put a Facebook post out there that he is going to go over there to try to make a difference and, and serve families on the border. And he went over there and did that and made some connections to help people uh, with toys and blankets and food. And and it was uh, just an amazing experience to see that. So I wanted to take a moment to highlight that. It's been a real treat and it's been a gift to have you today. I'd love to ask, how might we find out more about what you're doing and, and find out more about the Lifestyle Investor and anything important to you? Sure. Yeah. So uh, there's a bunch of different things that, that I'm doing. And my goal is that I can have products and education that appeals to anyone at any level, you know, an intermediate, you know, beginner, a, a, a novice, but to the to the expert, you know, category, and also different walks of life, different incomes. So if you go to justindonald.com, I've got my podcast there, The Lifestyle Investor. You can get a copy of my book there. You can check out my blog. I've got master classes and an online course and the mastermind. There's just, you know, everything that I do is there. Also, for anyone in your audience that would like a copy of the book, you certainly can go to Amazon and, and get it there. I have an audible that I do where I narrate it. So a lot of people like that. But any of the, what I'd like to do is offer to your group, if anyone would like a free copy, they just pay for shipping. They can get that at Lifestyle Investor book.com. So either way, someone wants to get it, I just want to give a plug to an organization that I love because all the profits from the Lifestyle Investor book, 100% go to a group called Love Justice International. They stop human trafficking in 26 countries around the world. It's just incredible. And so, you know, obviously, if you buy it via one of these other channels, then more goes to it. But I don't want you know, money to ever be a reason someone can't get it. So if you pay the shipping, I'll send you a copy and a bunch of other, you know, free stuff, cool stuff. So yeah. awesome. Awesome. And that's lifestyle investor book. 
Com. I turn a lot of podcast listeners and get on that. I have a copy. I bought it over a year ago. And it's been very helpful and chock full of knowledge, chock full of investment ideas that can take you on a journey to learn, to grow and to you know create that lifestyle that you so desire. Thank you, Justin, so much for coming on today. We are very appreciative of your time and just your, your knowledge and wisdom. Love you, man. And look forward to seeing you at the next uh, dad's retreat and an investment group call. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. This has been awesome. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Optimist podcast. You can check the show notes for information about today's episode. And please share the show with that friend who is wanting to think bigger. We'll see you next time.